How's it going, guys? Welcome to the Gospel of Fatherhood podcast. I am your host, Chris Ramirez. Join us every other Monday as we have a conversation about all things fatherhood. You can learn more about our podcast at fatherhoodgospel.com. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Gospel Fatherhood Podcast. My name is Chris Ramirez. I'm super pumped to be with you all today. This podcast is all about the fundamental journey of becoming the best dad that you can be. This podcast is a journey just like fatherhood. I'm currently in the process of learning how to be the best dad that I can be. There are many highs and many lows, but I'm just grateful to have you guys with me throughout this process. So thanks for checking us out. I'm extremely excited for today's episode because we get to continue our series called Greatest Lessons. And in this series, we will be talking to various fathers about their unique lessons that they've learned from their experiences being dads. So so, um, so today we have the privilege of hearing from one of my buddies. I'm not going to speak up for him, um, but yeah. So, Tim, could you just kind of introduce yourself to um, the audience, whoever's listening? Maybe what your name is, uh, how long you've been married, what's your wife's name, what you do, kids, etc. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my name's Tim, as you said. Uh, my wife's name is Kara. We've been married for um, coming up, or just in June was, uh, six years, I believe. Um, and I hope I got that right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, I have two kids. Uh, I have a two year old. Her name is Evangeline. We call her Evan. Um, and I have a four month old, uh, son. His name is Lincoln. And, um, yeah, I, I uh, work for a denomination of churches called Foursquare, and I volunteer as a college pastor at my church, um, and I'm also a dad, which is great. Nice, dude. That's awesome. I, uh, I've known you for a handful of years now. We went to the same Bible college, and I think you graduated a year before I did, but um, you and my wife were in a lot of the same classes, and she would always say, Tim is so smart. Like, he's one of those people that don't really talk that much in class, but he always is getting A's in, in on his assignments and whatnot. So I was like, when I did this project, when I did this project, I started this project called The Gospel of Fatherhood, seeing you on social media and various platforms based on what you post and your wife posts. It seems like you're very um, plugged in as a dad and, you know, I've seen your integrity as a person and I'm like, I got to get this guy um, on a phone call and I just got to interview him. So thank you so much for joining today, bro. I know this is going to bless not only me, but anyone who listens. So um, before we get started, bro, you want to just share maybe a funny story or I, I know I'm kind of, you know, making you go off the cuff right now and just making you think of something funny that's happened at as a dad, but yeah, shoot. If you, if you know anything off the top of your head. Sure. Um, well, first, before I say that, I just remember, I don't know why it's said six years. We've been married for four years. <laughs> We've been together for like six or seven years. Nice, so that, dude. That's like my bad. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, funny story. Um, Evan was first born. I think she was about a week old and we were just chilling. I was holding her. Uh, holding her in my lap 
with cream cheese. Um, I think it was strawberry cream cheese. <laughs> and, you know, the details, right? Right. <laughs> and um, I dropped the bagel cream cheese side down on her face. <laughs> and so we, I have this, like, week old newborn freaking out because there's cream cheese all over her face just kind of like and she wasn't even crying she was just like like what the hell just happened (laughs) and and i pick it up i'm like my bad girl and she just looks at me and like i'm not gonna waste this cream cheese so i use a bagel wipe the cream cheese (laughs) off of her face and kept eating and she's just staring at me like what the hell are you doing dude i I feel like Go ahead. Uh, I was just like, I feel like that's parenting, man. Like, <laughs> just like making m- mistakes, but and your kids just like, what the hell? <laughs> right, dude. No. And you just keep going, man. Yeah. Fun, but you have fun making memories. That's hilarious. No, I thought you were gonna say you. She had cream cheese like on her forehead, and you like, you just like <laughs> licked the cream cheese off her forehead. I thought you were gonna say something weird like that. So I'm kind of glad you didn't. But, but anyways. Yeah, you know what? I've done that before. <laughs> Dude, weirdo. Well, anyways, so yeah, like I've kind of already shared with our audience and with you, Tim, uh, we're in the middle of a series called Greatest Lessons. And the purpose of this series is to talk to a variety of fathers about their experience as dads and kind of just seek wisdom and insight and, um, and just stories and lessons that they've learned as a father. And a lot of the dads that I've asked, they've given me very practical hands-on tips. And one of the things that was a common thread was, uh, was legacy. And that was on our, uh, on our last interview with Matt Babcock. But you said something really interesting that not really, not many of the fathers that I interviewed um, said, and you said that you said, quote, I think a lot of parents feel an unnecessary pressure to perform and you gave me you you started off by saying sorry for this novel but you gave me this long uh, in-depth answer and I really appreciated that but your overall point was as parents we sometimes feel this pressure of of performing and and whether that pressure is coming from ourselves or from others around us um, there's a pressure that we feel as parents so um, so I just I, I have a series of questions that I want to ask you. And the first one is, why do you think we care so much about what other parents think? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not an expert by any means. I only have a two year old. I've only been a dad for two years, you know, but, and this is just something that I feel like I've been going through. So this isn't truth by any means, you know, but just in my opinion, I think it, it's how we've been raised. You know, it's how we've been raised to think. Like, we strive um, for validation. Mm-hmm. I think it's just in our human nature. Like, we want to be acknowledged. Because, you know, when someone recognizes us, it gives us permission to validate ourselves. You know? Like, right. it's all about... I think it's all about, like, what our identity is in or what we view our identity and our value is in. Like, is our value based on as parents, how well we raise our kids, like, is our value based on what we do or is our value based on something else? Mm. Like who, who we are, you know, just who, who, um, the Lord has created us to be who we are as parents, you know? And like we, we attribute value 
to what we can give. Like if I can make sure that I give this or I meet this expectation, then I have value on my life. So when we approach parenthood, we view it from that stance of if I'm a valuable parent, um, or if, if, um, I, if I or, or other people see my kid as valuable, then they're going to say that I'm a valuable parent, you know, because I've raised them. And so we, we want that value. We want that, um, that acknowledgement. And so it puts this pressure on us, you know, to, to perform, to say that I want to make sure that my kid grows up and does A, B and C or looks A, B and C or whatever. Um, not necessarily because, um, you know, that's what I want, but like there's, there's, it's because like, I want them to be viewed that way. Right. Right. And, and based on what you just said right now and kind of what I, what I've uh, sensed based on your text to me a couple weeks ago, um, it seems like a lot of parents sometimes use their status as a parent, as a dad, you know, cause you and I are fathers to, to kind of puff up in a way, um, you mentioned that, uh, are my kids, on the right track according to society or are my kids doing the right things as of right now? And one of the most tangible things uh, that people, parents at least, kind of puff up about or like get insecure about is how early a kid is walking or how early they're talking or how many words they're saying. Do you think you you, uh, personally or maybe you've seen other parents um, uh, have utilized their status as a parent to kind of lead them into a sense of pride. I think pride is a good thing sometimes, like when you have pride for your family or you have a sense of, uh, you have a sense of ownership, I guess is a better way to put it. But do you think sometimes the status parent leads, um, dads like you and I into a place of pride? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, as guys, everything's competition, right? Right. I mean, that's, that's like human nature is <laughs> like, we want to be the best. We want to have more power. We want to have more status. And the same applies to parenthood mm. and fatherhood. Like we want to be and look better to other people so we can have that status, you know? So we use our kids to do it. Right. You know, parent, I, I think we approach fatherhood as a skill. Like you take, you're a basketball lover, you know, like mm-hmm. basketball is a skill that you do and you're you're better at basketball you win more games you get more status the same thing with parent your kids do this we look at it as as that skill as raising a kid is a skill like if my kid does a b and c like walks early talks early then it makes me look better it makes me as a father as a like as my status look better and that's where pride comes in you know yeah and uh i just don't know if and, and, and I would say that I'm guilty of that myself, but I don't know if that's necessarily, you know, right or what the Lord is calling me to do as a father. Yeah, no, that's really good. And and just along that same line, um, that's, you know, if you have a sense of wanting your child to look a certain way and they fail you, 
um, that leads to disappointment. And you said something when I asked you this question based on, uh, based on the idea of like, what's a good lesson you've learned as a dad thus far. And, and I love what you said. And and honestly, it kind of, it kind of changed my perspective a little bit. And it checked me because checked my priorities and my, um, and my intentionality with my own daughter and soon to be son. But you said, uh, we have to remember that, uh, that our children are just human. They're just human. They're, they're going to make mistakes. They're bound to fail us. And, um, and if we put this certain expectation on them, they will disappoint us. And the way that God is towards us is he doesn't have any unmet expectations for us because he knows that we're human. So he gives us the opportunity of failing, of succeeding, and he will never be disappointed in us because he doesn't have this expectation that we're all that in a bag of chips. He just loves us for who we are and, yep. and, and, and how we are right now as is. And, and you said that, but it kind of, you know, being a devil's advocate, I think parents have, uh, have good motives in mind when they want to see their kid be, you know, this scholar, or they want to see their kid be an athlete or, you know, you and I, we, we, we're kind of involved in, in church ministry. We want to see our kid potentially lead worship or preach or whatever it is, right? I think we have good mo- uh, motives in mind, um, as a parent, but, but, but you're absolutely right. Um, our, our children are just human and they're going to fail over and over and over again and, and, and whatnot. So do you think there's a healthy middle kind of, I don't know if this is the right word, but kind of manipulating your kid into being a certain way because you want to see them contribute to the world. But then again, realizing that they are just, uh, they're just like us. They're, they're human and they're going to fail us. Do you think there's a healthy middle in how we balance realizing that our kids are human, but we also want to see them become the best versions of themselves? Yeah, for sure. I think, and again, I'm not an expert, and my kid's only two years old, so I could be just talking out of my butt, you know? But, <laughs> right. Like, I I think it all depends on your motive, like mm. the heart. You know, it's a, it's a heart thing. So if I'm, you know, if I'm raising my kid, and, and yeah, I, I want them to to, I have this picture of them in my head of how I want them to turn out, I want them to, you know, love God, to be in doing, you know, what the Lord has called them to do, to love people well and whatever, and to be a contributing member to society. But that's not the heart um, of how I'm going to raise them, you know. Like, my actions um, should be, I just want to show them as much love as I can. Right. And understand that yeah they are human and so they might not live up to those expectations that I have but that's okay you Mm -hmm. know and so I think the balance would be understanding where your heart is coming from are you are you raising your kids with with the hope of I want them to look this way or are you raising your kids with the from the perspective of I just want to shower them with love just like God has you know Mm. And so I think if we approach raising our kids that way, um, then, you know, hopefully the, I mean, the, the hope would be that they would understand that even though they are human and they're going to fail, that they're still going to be loved. You know, even if they don't reach those expectations, it doesn't, 
it doesn't make them less valuable, you know? Right. That, and I think that's kind of the, uh, the switch in our minds that relieves pressure off of parenting and pressure off of our kids, you know? Mm. And I, I think there's so many kids out there that, and, and even adults that have this pressure on them or feel like they have this pressure on them to turn out a certain way because, you know, their parents put that on them. And I think they begin to feel like their value and their love uh, is contingent on that, on how they... And I never want my kids to to say, if I don't live up to this expectation, then my dad's not going to love me anymore. Right. You know, and, and so I think that's... I think instead of it being a balance question, it should be a motive question of like, are my motives straight up? I'm trying to love them as best I can. Regardless how they turn out, right? Regardless of how they turn out. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. That's really good. And, and you, you focused a lot in your answer right now on just loving them unconditionally, showering them with love the way that Jesus has showered you and I, um, with love. And, um, and that should be, uh, our, our greatest goal. Our greatest, um, opportunity is fathers. It's just to love our children where they're at, regardless, um, how they're performing as a two-year-old, right? Or, 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 or how they're, you know, turning out, how we compare them to other kids their age. It doesn't matter where they are on the landscape of two-year-olds, but, you know, we're going to love them regardless. So you were, you were focusing on this aspect of love. And if, and if uh, we just love our children as best as we can and not place these expectations of how they turn out, um, it's going to lead them to a place of, of uh, realizing that they're loved unconditionally and this is just the environment that they were grown in. So on a more practical note, um, how do you think this approach of just loving your kid um, regardless how they are? And once again, I know you and I are younger fathers, um, but you know, how do you see this uh, practically speaking in your everyday mundane moments when you may have a moment with your 15 year old daughter and she's not wanting to do homework or rebelling. And, you know, are you just going to be like, okay, babe, you know, I love you. You know, like, like how, do, how does this look practically? What would you say? And once again, you know, there's no expectation for the right answer, but just what are your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I could speak in ideals. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but I think for me, just raising a two-year-old, um, like we were hanging out with friends mm-hmm. uh, last night, and and Evan um, pushed. They were there playing, and she didn't want to share, and and she pushed um, their son, you know. And I was like, I'm very sternly, try not, try not to yell. Right. <laughs> I was like, hey, get over here. You know? <laughs> hey, get over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, and, and, and I was talking to her, you know, and as much as, um, you know, I wanted to react in anger, I had to like breathe and get myself centered first before I can talk to her, you know? Right. Like the, the human side of me is like, you push that kid, I'm gonna push you. Right. <laughs> you know, like. But like, how would I look as a father just pushing my two year old to the ground? Right, right. <laughs> um, 
but anyway, I, I brought her here and I said, I, I, I like, Hey, we don't do this. This isn't something we do because we love, we love his name is, his name is river. We love river, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we love auntie and we love uncle. And so we don't do that. And it's, it's teaching her, um, to act out of love, mm. you know, not saying, Hey, don't push that kid because it's the wrong thing to do. But hey, don't push that kid because we love that kid, right? You know, like, and and I think that's the best way that I practically can show my kid that I love her. Like, hey, I don't, I don't love you less because you push that kid, right? I still love you, babe. I love you with all of my heart, and because I love you, I want to teach you that we don't push because we love other people. Mm. And and I think it's. I, I, like I could, I could spank her, you know, and I'm not against spanking, but I could, you know, negative consequence for a negative action. Sure. I could take away, take away your snack or take away, say no, no dessert or whatever, you know, but that only teaches, uh, like there's that, that immediate consequence. I want there to be a longer lasting, um, lesson there. And right. so, so not just disciplining in the moment, but teaching why you know and understand mm-hmm. like the it, it's it, it's it comes down to like i love you so i'm going to teach you to love other people right no that's that's really good and that kind of led me to my next question but you answered it without me even having to ask it and that was just how does how does this approach look when it comes to discipline and i love how you said teaching her the why i um this is no bash towards my own father i love my dad and i have a great relationship with him but i don't know if you experienced this in your own household when you were growing up but i feel like the common denominator for fathers when it comes to discipline and a generation prior to our generation of fathers is, you know, you listen to me because I said so, you know, and, and that doesn't, and that doesn't really teach, um, a child anything other than I need to listen because this is my dad. And to an extent it's like, yes, this is my dad. I need to honor and respect him. Um, but you know, I feel like I would learn a whole lot more if someone taught me, Hey, why are we not supposed to hit or why are we not supposed to push or why am I not supposed to throw a tantrum in the store for a toy that I want or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like teaching them the why it, it goes a whole lot further than just telling them what to do. So, um, so yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, that, that, that's really insightful. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to at least my experience of being told what to do instead of being told why, um, you know, this is being done. Um, and, and just a little sidebar for any dads out there, the, you know, the reality is, is, um, if, if you focus so much on the why, you could potentially create a, you know, a sarcastic kid that is like, well, tell me why I can't do this or, you know what I mean? And, that, and, and, and that's, not, that's not the point that we're trying to, to, you know, reach as dads. But the reality is I think what you're saying, Tim, is really insightful of we need to explain the why because it really does teach our kids um, how to love like Jesus and how to operate um, as humans and how to have good character. And it, 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 it's a character builder. So that's really, really helpful. Um, so like you said, Tim, you're, you're married, you've been married for about four years and a lot of, you know, this is a, a 
a podcast for fathers, but we're not, we're not anti mothers. We're not anti single people. We're not anti people that are in relationship. This is hopefully a resource for anyone that would like to hear uh, about how they can be the best version of themselves. And we just, uh, our context is fatherhood. So, um, you were talking a lot about, um, about how God has loved you and how God has loved us because, you know, he's a good father and he doesn't do ABC because he wants to see us, you know, with a specific result in mind, but he does ABC simply because he loves us. How do you think this role um, or approach of loving your kid regardless, not having an expectation on them, not putting pressure on them, and, you know, in reality, not hearing pressure from outside voices about how you father your your daughter and your son and whatnot. How do you think this, this uh, approach looks like um, and, or how it differs from your wife's role or approach as a mom. Like, do you, d- does she do the same thing, would you say? Or is her role look slightly different? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, in, in, in that, it's the same. Um, I don't think, I think we're, we're both parents, you know? Like, it's not like, hey, you take care of this and I'll take care of this. We're both 100% parents 100% of the time. Mm. And, and so... Like, I don't think God has called us to necessarily be different in any way, you know, that right. like, I think all of everything that I said applies to, to motherhood as well. And, and my wife is excellent as Dana. She has, um, she definitely has a, a loving, caring heart and at times a lot more grace than I do. Um, it's just like it was it's so sweet to watch her mother like last night we were we're trying to we're in the middle of potty training right and and so i'm just like evan sit down on toilet like she she like really wants to get up i'm like just poop baby just poop like just <laughs> do it and and kara comes in and is like all loving and it's like do you want to take a break do you want to try later and and she's like mm-hmm. and and she gets off the toilet and i'm like man i'm so thankful that i don't have to do this alone Right, right. We balance each other out really well and just like, and, and, and sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes I'll be more gracious, but it's, it's just, we're, we're in this together, you know, and we're being Jesus a hundred, we're trying to be Jesus a hundred percent of the time to to our kids. Right. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that, um, my wife's role looks any different than mine. Hmm. That's yeah, that's really insightful. And, you know, after the phone call, because I don't think people want to hear about our uh, potty training experiences, we're going to start potty training soon. And and I would love to hear your, uh, you know, success moments and moments of failure. So I don't replicate (laughs) those very things. So we could talk about that another time. But bro. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, bro. I appreciate it. It's, you know, I not that many dads that I've reached out to have uh, said the raw and vulnerable thought of like dads feel a pressure to perform from outside voices and even, you know, 
themselves and, and they, and in return, it causes them to put pressure on their kids. So, um, I appreciate your, uh, your words of wisdom. It's, it's causing me and it's uh, challenging me and my thoughts and how I parent my daughter. And I, you know, of course I want my daughter to contribute to this world, but at the same, in the same respect, I want my daughter to know that I love her regardless how she turns out. And, you know, as long, as long as she, you know, is, is, is my daughter, I'm going to love her the same, regardless how, you know, she, how successful she is or, you know, whatever her status is as a person, I'm going to love her regardless. So thanks for the reminder, bro. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm honored to, that you asked, dude. Sweet dude. Well, uh, appreciate it, bro. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna finish on with the, with the closing, but I appreciate it, dude. Yeah, man. I appreciate you. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of The Gospel Fatherhood. If you appreciated and enjoyed those words of wisdom from my friend Tim Abe, there are a few ways you can be a blessing and be helpful to us. You can uh, subscribe to this channel. You could like our podcast, uh, follow it on Spotify, um, share it on your social media platforms, because the goal of this podcast is we want this resource to be made available to as many dads, as many people that want to learn about fatherhood as possible. So thank you guys again for listening and we'll see you next time. Have a good rest of your day.